I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. If money affects your life in any way, Money Making Sense will talk about it. Be financially healthy, wealthy, and wise. Here's your host, Heather Kelly. Welcome to Money Making Sense, the show that talks about all things money. Today, I'm in Sundance. Well, I'm kind of virtually at Sundance today. And I am joined by the filmmaker, Ella Glendening. And she has brought a film called Is There Anybody Out There? And I found this to be sort of fascinating, this journey that you take us all on, because it starts with wanting to find other people with the same genetic disposition that you have. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's not really about my medical condition at all. I think people keep thinking that it is, and that's an easy kind of mistake to make, but it's about finding someone with a body that looks like mine. So what I'm really interested in is being disabled in a non-disabled world, and what ableism and the way that other people view you, the way that other people view you as a disabled person does to your soul, really. So I had it in my head initially that if I could meet somebody who looked like me, because I really look very different, I've got a very specific and unusual body shape, um, I felt like I would like meet my soulmate if I, if I could meet someone like me. So that was sort of the premise of the film. But then a, a whole load of unexpected things happened. And I did go on just the craziest journey. Um, and it was amazing. And I'm just so excited that the film is showing here at Sundance. That was what I noticed the most. Because as the film started, that's where I thought we were going, was looking for the same body shape. But you covered so many different issues in this, which... As an able-bodied person, a lot of this just never even occurs to me. One of them I wanted to talk about a little bit was right near the beginning of, of the documentary, you had mentioned that a lot of people were asking your boyfriend to be shown more in the film, and you considered that as able-bodied people wanting to see the abled hero. The way I interpreted that was somebody as an abled person was putting upon your boyfriend he was the hero saving you from your disability yeah exactly thank you you read that completely right um i'm so thrilled because people keep asking me about this and it's got it's really one of my favorite bits in the film i think in disability narratives generally the, the sort that we used to there's su often such a focus on the caregiver or the yeah such a fascination in the partner people want to know if you're dating a disabled person, that like, what's it like to be with them? Like, what attracted you to this person? And that was just so not the story I wanted to tell. It's like, like I say in the film, our relationship is very normal with two human beings who liked each other. This film is about disabled agency. 
I think even for you, as we see in the film, you started out looking for somebody who, who just looked like you. And I think that is something that everybody can understand, even if it's not about a physical disability per se. You know, if you've been adopted and you don't look like your adopted family, you may go seeking out your biological family because you want to find people who look like you. And so I, I think this is a universal want. But what we see in the film is that you shift into how much the world just ignores people that are different. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, thank you. And this film is absolutely for ev everyone who's ever felt other or, yeah, felt a longing in their soul, felt like they don't fit in, um, which I think is probably genuinely most people. But, yeah, it's interesting you should say it's like somebody's adopted looking for their birth family or whatever, because that's very much how I felt. I felt like it would be like finding a long-lost sibling or something. It is interesting the way it played out, and I won't give a spoiler, but, um, <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting comparison. You also mentioned because of your physical... Do I call how you feel about, is this a disability or? Yes, yes. I'm, I'm very, very, very much disabled and proud. I would never, ever, ever want to be any other way. I think when people, and it's completely normal, and I've encountered a lot of people saying to me, um, oh, I don't really want to use the word disabled, but I really want people to use it because it's not a dirty word. And if we're sort of embarrassed to, to, to say disabled, then it's, yeah, it's sort of, saying that we should be ashamed to be disabled but no you know I'm I'm different I'm disabled and I'm happy to be this way well because of your disability you have found it very difficult to find jobs and earn a living so what what happens when you show up for a job interview I haven't shown up for a job interview for a really long time because I'm a filmmaker now <laughs> and that's just amazing because I always wanted to do that but um yeah in the past um Oh, I don't know, you know, people are just like, inc most people that I meet, or sort of 50% of people that I meet or whatever, are just incredibly awkward around my physicality and don't really know how to speak to me. They're trying to open the doors for me. They're tripping over themselves trying to help when really they could just calm down and ask me what I need. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, generally speaking, I'm really good in interviews and then I don't get the job. That's what happens. And so you had to go on government assistance. Are, are you still on government assistance? Or like, is your filmmaking career earning you enough money to survive? Um, yes, it is at the moment, thank you. I have also had, I have had jobs here and there, but it's just incredibly rare that I am accepted into the job world. Um, yeah, I've had like, I've had little side hustles here and there, but at the moment I am just a filmmaker and a mum, obviously. Um, yeah, I do get disability living allowance, which is a disability benefit in the UK, but every disabled person gets that, whether you've got a job or not, but it's, yeah, not very much money. Right, so that is something that we don't have in the US. I mean, the, the United Kingdom is very well known for having universal health care, and I don't know if this disabled pension is part of that. It's It's a government benefit, so it's not my my friend Naomi, who's in film, she's autistic. She talks about being on disability. That is, that's how she, how she survives. She needs disability benefit because she can't work, because she can't work in the sense that she can't get a normal job and and work in the normal way, because the world is not set up for her and the work no workplace is set up for disabled people basically. So yeah, Naomi sort of lives off her disability living allowance, 
or PIP now. I think she gets PIP, which is personal independence payment. Um, but yeah, it's not it's not like enough to live a good life. So I certainly wouldn't say things are great for disabled people in the UK. And we have a horrible government at the moment <laughs> who um, are not on disabled people's side. So it's not by any means a haven in the UK. But I do need to learn more about how it is for disabled people in the US, I think. I'll speak to Priscilla, who's in my film and has come to support me at the festival. Well, you know, we have Medicaid, which can help, but yes. that's more about health care than it is just government assistance. But what do you want listeners to know or understand about you, yourself, or just disabled people in general? Yeah, I, I hope that this film will help audiences to become less ableist. I hope that I hope that yeah, anybody who goes to watch the film will will become will come away less ableist, and I hope that disabled audiences will feel really seen and held and celebrated by this film in a way that we often are not. Um, yeah, I'm. I think what my film does, which is quite different from a lot of other disability films, even really good ones, is it's really about how it feels to be discriminated against in that way, rather than um, the access barriers that are so terrible. It's, it's more about what those issues lead to internally. Yeah. And that's that feeling of otherness and alienation and worthlessness, to be honest. But this is a very positive film. Like, I highlight all these issues and, and how horrible it feels, but it's also such a celebration of the disabled community and our resilience. Yeah, I did appreciate that you covered even, will doctors listen to your concerns the lack of getting a job once people saw your disability. You cover a whole range of, of things that are, that don't happen to people who are able. So that I found was very good. So the film is, is there anybody out there? And it's currently playing at the Sundance Film Festival. Has it been picked up by a distribution company yet? No, <laughs> we've got a sales agent, but no distribution company. But yes, that's exciting. I really want everyone in the universe to see it. Is... Buy my film. <laughs> Buy your... Yes. Yeah, so if people aren't able to catch it with the Sundance Film Festival, where can people get more information about your film? To be honest, I don't even have a website or anything. There's been some, I've done like a bunch of interviews about it recently. And um there's been some really nice reviews. There was a lovely review by Screen International. So that's, you can Google it and learn more about it that way. But this is the premiere and we're hoping to have many more premieres throughout the world. So hopefully it will be, and of course, hopefully in time it will be released so that everyone can watch it on a streamer or whatever. Right. All right. Again, the film is, is there anybody out there? And Ella Glendening, you are not only the filmmaker, but you are the subject of your own film. And so hopefully everybody will, in the next few days, be able to catch this at Sundance Film Festival or just research more about it. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. You can email me with any questions or topics you want to hear about at hkelly at ksl.com. That's h-k-e-l-l-y at ksl.com. And because this is Money Making Sense, you can subscribe for free on Spotify, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast, and you'll never miss another episode. Thanks for being a Money Making Sense listener. Follow your common sense on the social media, Money Making Sense, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. 
In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.